What's up? What's up? Happy Fourth of July weekend to everybody. Brayden Sprint here with the San Diego High School Football Podcast. We call it Boys of Fall, Season Two, Episode One. It's already time for high school football here in San Diego, and it's only the Fourth of July. But we got some big tournaments coming up this weekend on Seven on Seven. On top of that, the season is starting earlier this year. I'll have my take on uh, on the season starting on August 17th. That's very early to start a season. August 17th. And I think CIF is moving it up because of uh, because of you know state championships and all that. And they're, I think they're thinking about expanding the playoff, the state playoff, to have four teams per uh, Northern and Southern California. Which I'm not really opposed to that, but you know it's a lot of games for some of these kids. I, I, August seventeenth, you're going to run into an, a situation where you got multiple teams that are going to be playing two, maybe three games before school even starts. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it, the August seventeenth start. It, it's really early. It's going to get guys less time to prepare, less time to get ready to go. But I see both sides. I mean, hey, fact of the matter is, you get football earlier this year, which is awesome. Absolutely amazing. Downside of that, you got less time to train, you got less time to practice, you got less time to, you know, get kids ready to go. Also, summer ends even earlier for some of these kids now than it did in the past. When you play high school football, summer ends pretty much. You pretty much have no summer anyway. But yeah, season starting August seventeenth. I'll have that take for you. I just basically gave it to you, but coming up later on, I asked, uh, joined by head coach of Modern Day High School down in the South Bay and John Joyner. We'll talk about that. League starting earlier, or game starting earlier. Also got assistant coach Mario Fierro of the Cathedral Catholic Dons joining me uh, later coming up here. He will also give me his take on the season starting early and the, and the four-team playoff coming up in the Open Division, which is another... Uh, Another big talking point this year, as well as getting, you know, overall views of Cathedral Catholic for 2018, Modern Day for 2018, what happened last year. Uh, Because both teams, you know, coming off a a state championship in 2016 for Cathedral Catholic and a state uh, runner-up for Modern Day, had pretty disappointing seasons last year. One team went 4-6, and Cathedral Catholic went 5-7. and didn't fully fulfill expectations. But both teams looking like they're going to be retooled. Uh, talking to John Joyner, team's pretty much young, but they're expecting to have a bounce-back year. Cathedral Catholic is also young, but they had a lot of guys playing last year with experience. So there's that. It gets a big transfer news as well. You know, Mission Hills is getting a lot of kids. But a big transfer move Thursday night got a quarterback from Eastlake transferring to Helix and Daniel Amon is transferred from Helix to or from Eastlake High School to Helix High he passed for 1580 yards last year with 16 touchdowns as a junior it's going to be a it's not the biggest move it's not a blockbuster transfer it's not like a perfect example it Here's a quarterback that transferred over to Cathedral Catholic, DJ Ralph. He's the guy that's going to totally change that offense and the way they run things and how they do things, and it's a big upgrade from what they had last year. Not saying, not necessarily saying that DJ is that much better of a quarterback you know, than Daniel Amon is, not comparing those two players, but the way that Cathedral basically had no quarterback last year, now they have DJ Ralph, now they have a threat to throw, it's a lot different than Helix, who had Carson Baker, and now Daniel Amon has to fill Carson Baker's shoes. It's better than what they had probably originally at Helix right now. And it's going to be a good move for the kid, for sure, and he's probably going to excel there. But it's just not going to be uh, a huge move that's going to you know change the landscape of high school football. Does it make Helix better? Yes. Yes, it does. But does it put him over the top? Helix will always be Helix, but it's whether or not they make the playoff is going to be a huge question. It's actually a question mark this year. Lost a lot of players last year from a state uh, runner-up team. No Rashad Scott anymore. No Carson Baker. No Isaac Taylor Stewart. 
you know, three top players in the county last year are no longer with the Highlanders. They do have Elian Noah, who's a hell of a running back for Helix. He's coming back. He's going to be a threat. The saying Helix is always Helix. Helix is always going to be Helix. But they got a tough they got a tough road coming up. They got to play Cajon. They got to play Cathedral Catholic. They've set themselves up. They're one of those teams that's going to play a lot of tough competition early on in the year. And it's either going to propel them or, you know, it might hurt them. Let's put it this way. They lose two, maybe three of their first games, and they're probably not going to be in the open playoff. As crazy as that sounds, it's tough, and it's going to be a lot tougher this year. Open playoff is now four teams. It is now four-team playoff in the open playoff. And you look at it and you see both sides. Well, you know, one argument is seeds five through through eight have never advanced in the open playoff. So with that, you're like, okay, even four-team playoff make it better. It's going to be so much harder for teams to make the open playoff. And right now the favorite is probably Torrey Pines. Torrey Pines is probably the favorite lock to make the open playoff. That's right now, just on paper, what they got coming back. And the fact that, you know, Mission Hills graduated top players in Chris Olave and Jack Tuttle. Sam Marcos graduated a lot of kids that were going to, to, to D1 schools. Costa Canyon, you know, they lost their starting quarterback last year, who was pretty much their entire offense. Although the head coach up there thinks that he's got the best best squad he's had in years. So it, it's, it's going to be fun to see. And LaCosta Canyon has done really well so far this offseason in the passing league. But let's get back to Helix making the open playoff. And you're thinking, crazy. That's, that's unbelievable you're even talking about that. Because they're so they always make the open playoff. They're always making the playoffs. But let's look at this this first. They got at Cajon to start off the year. Then Saguaro from Arizona, who's no joke. Cathedral Catholic, St. Augustine in their non-league. That's tough. You lose two of those games, you're on the verge of not making the open playoff. Now, they're probably going to clean house in the Grossmont League like they always do. Their biggest topic competition is going to be Grossmont. Grossmont has not beaten Helix since the 1990s. So that's going to be an interesting one to see. They also got Steel Canyon on the list. But, you know, Steel Canyon won state last year. But Helix beat him by at least 35 points. I mean, they hammered them. Final score last year, 41-7, Helix over Steel Canyon. So you can't even say that that's a big of a competition, the Grossmont League for Helix. Until someone dethrones Helix, I, they're the favorite to win the Grossmont Hills League every year. El Cap did it that one year and ended up going to state. It's going to be some interesting football being played. You know, Mission Hills had a lot of question marks coming into the year. They got a bunch of transfers now. They're going to be retooled. That one's going to be an interesting one to see whether they bounce back or not, not having Tuttle or Lave. Chris Calhoun playing middle linebacker. If I had a pick right now on July 5th, what my top four teams would be to make the playoff. I'd pick Torrey Pines. I'd pick Cathedral Catholic. I'd pick the winner of San Marcos Mission Hills. I know that's tough to say now. and So I'd probably just go with Mission Hills at this point. And then the last team's probably going to be Helix. I would assume so. But that's not a guarantee anymore. This four-team playoff is kind of, it kind of messes with the flow of things. Do I see anybody outside of those teams that could potentially make it? Yeah, maybe a different avocado team. You know, maybe a Lacosta Canyon. If Lacosta Canyon beats San Clemente and Cathedral, they have a really good, really nice case to make the open playoff. Outside of that, Eastlake is going to be better than they have in years past. Coach John McFadden is back. I look at the general landscape, though, and it just it just seems like it's going to be kind of a down year in San Diego, but we'll see. I heard Oceanside is retooled. They got Beecham up there playing quarterback. Sounds like he can sling it and run around. Give a little spark to Oceanside, who's kind of struggled since Carroll left. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be interesting to see. There's a lot of interesting things that to, to, that we're going to talk about over the next couple weeks here as we get ready for the season. Another one, Lincoln moving to the Western League. That's going to be tough for them. 
absolutely going to be tough for them. Mira Mesa dropping down to the Eastern League, that's going to be a huge reward for them with what they got coming back. In fact, they're probably the favorite to win Division Two right now, Mira Mesa. Coach Thompson's back. He's got a lot of good athletes in Noah Tumlin. That's another team we to look out for. It's going to be a fun year. I, there's so many question marks and so many things that I can't wait to see play out. Play out. One in particular is Cathedral Catholic. I got assistant coach Mario Fierro coming up next on the Boys of Fall podcast with Braden Soprano. Welcome back to the San Diego High School Football Podcast with Braden Zaprenant. I'm joined now by assistant coach of the varsity team at Cathedral Catholic, Mario Fierro. Coach uh, Fierro, how you doing? How you doing, Braden? Good to be here. Uh, I'm doing well myself. Uh, a little bit of a fun Fourth uh, of July week here, and it's I can't believe it's already you know time to start thinking about high school football in San Diego. Um, let, let's talk about the Dons real quick. Last year, a little bit of a disappointing season. Um, what can you tell us about uh, how last year played out for you guys? Uh, well, it was a young team. Uh, I believe we had a less than 18 seniors. Uh, if you look at our past teams uh, that were really successful, uh, the amount of seniors uh, was very high. Uh, combine that with a very inordinate amount of injuries to key players at key positions uh, led us to start young guys at virtually every position. Uh, the, the positive is that uh, all those guys are returning and uh, have uh, obtained valuable uh, varsity game experience. So uh, what uh, was a negative last year is certainly a positive this year. How much of uh, how much did you miss Sean Poma last year, being a top running back, getting hurt, and and how excited are you to to have him back coming up in the fall? Oh, you can't put a, a price on the value that Sean brings to our offense. I, think every coach in our program would agree um but uh, you lose a guy like sean and then you got other guys step up and because of that you you, you find guys like uh, Xavier watson and and ryan kilpatrick who stepped up uh, before he went unfortunately went down as well but uh they're all going to be back so you got guys that got lots of carries lots of reps and, and even some some freshmen got some reps so it's 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 pretty pretty exciting to have everybody back going to be fun. Let's talk about that running back, uh, that backfield for the Dons. Pretty much loaded with talent with Sean Poma and Ryan Kilpatrick, Xavier Watson, Josh Lewis, um, even Matt Bryan, Elijah Lloyd. So many different guys to get the ball. How? I know it's a good problem to have, but it, it's it's now kind of a problem because there's so many playmakers in the backfield, to, you know, to carry the football. How are you gonna? How do you guys manage um, giving each guy a fair amount of reps? Well, that's that's going to be up to Coach Barry and, and most importantly, Coach Doyle. Uh, coach Barry, uh, our running back coach, certainly has a, a, an embarrassment of riches there. But uh, they all bring, I mean, from, from going against them on, on the other side of the ball, uh, seeing them and uh, when we throw our scout team at them, they all bring something different. Uh, they all bring uh, very capable attributes. And a couple guys, uh, Matt Bryant was he's an exciting player as well, you know, coming up from the JV where he was uh, one of their best backs. But the guys that have been there, Palma, Kilpatrick, Watson, uh, they're established. So it's it's going to be fun, and it's going to create true competition. Cathedral Catholic always has a lot of running backs. Uh, you know, Tyler Gaffney, Justin Green, Demetrius Sumler, you know, just to name uh, a couple of the, the top hitters uh, over the past couple of years. But let's talk about the quarterback position, a position Cathedral usually doesn't have necessarily the best in the county, but you got a transfer in DJ, Ralph, and, and even Caleb Price, who was with the team last year, is looking to compete for that starting job as well. You know, a position last year that kind of hampered you guys. Now it looks like you got two guys that can that could pretty much get it done. What, what are you most excited about seeing uh, this quarterback competition well uh I'll pause that question a bit and, and, and give you a little history lesson that uh, being a don you know it's kind of a kind of a assume that we're a running team but we've had plenty of quarterbacks throughout the years if you go back to anthony massa in the 80s um you know we had josh merrill in the 90s along with uh, clint chisholm that led that uh, 98 championship team 
but we also had Nick Russell and Parker Hip about 10 years ago. They all threw for about 3,000 yards. And uh, guys like Max Brewer, Clayton Dale, were capable guys that did their job right. And, and obviously, Kate Haynes led a state championship team two years ago. So we've had good quarterbacks. And when we have good quarterbacks, uh, Coach Doyle's not afraid to air it out and throw the ball. Um, regards to this year, competition has opened my eyes. You've got two guys, uh, you know, Caleb, the senior, DJ, uh, you know, a junior that, uh, that uh, have shown well. And, and it's, it's almost a foregone conclusion that, uh, that the competition is going to be intense. And, you know, it's exciting. Yeah, weapons at, at at all places, even receivers, Zion Serrani, you know, DJ Justice, those guys are going to be uh, unbelievable for you guys as well. Let's talk a little bit about your side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball. Um, top, uh, you know, pretty much top recruit on the Cathedral Dons is uh, junior um, Jordan Allen. He's got offers from Syracuse, uh, Florida Atlantic, and Arizona State. Uh, you coach him personally as the outside linebackers coach. What does Jordan Allen bring? But then on, on, on the other hand, on the other side of the ball, Ethan Simley, uh, how excited are you for these two uh, outside linebackers next season? Well, you know, Coach Montali, you know, working with him and your, and your dad, Mike, um, it, it, to me it's an honor because there's so much experience to, to work uh, with, with guys that have been around the game for so long and and to, to coach the outside backers, I've had good ones. Uh, most recently, Moroni Anai, who's at Utah now, but this combination of Allen and Finley is, is going to bring some, some matchup problems, I think, to, to, to opposing offenses. Jordan is, is very versatile. He, he's almost a defensive back playing linebacker with linebacker size, and, and Finley's had uh, unbelievable improvements uh, over the off season, uh, ran track this year, jumped 22 feet 10 inches in the long jump, which is uh, unbelievable. Uh, and uh, he brings that speed element that is very difficult to uh, to uh, handle from from a speed rush standpoint. I'm very satisfied and, and uh, excited about uh, uh, getting to coach those two. And I have a couple guys that are up up and comers as well. So competition is going to be there. Yeah, anytime you have competition, it's going to be uh, – it works out in the end for your team. You always have the best guy competing, and then they push in each other. Uh, one guy that's probably going to start out of the gate is Miles McCormick. You know, just announced he's one of the honorable mention top 50 seniors. Personally, I disagreed. I had him a little bit higher on my list. I had him at 26, best senior in the county. Um, you know, know that he's listed as an honorable mention. Go ahead, sell Miles McCormick to the rest of the county. Miles is, is an unbelievable competitor. Uh, Miles is, is, is as tough as they come. He's an old-school tough guy. He's a football player, and he's, he, he's the kind of guy that if you tell him run through a wall, he's going to run through a wall. He's, he's part of that uh, fabled Bay Park Mafia. <laughs> the that, Bay uh, Park Mafia. He, he likes to, uh, he likes to uh, represent, uh, and uh, he, he's a great kid, but he's also a heck of a football player. Let's get into uh, your season this year. Another, you know, another dawn season where the schedule is brutal. Starting off with La Costa Canyon, you got El Camino, Sarah Gardena, uh, Helix, who just got a, a quarterback transfer from Eastlake. All, all looking to be really, uh, really good. And, and then you throw in league. Uh, the Western League is arguably one of the best leagues in the county. Um, why do you guys continue to schedule such tough opponents? Um, you know, and and kind of set yourself up for a brutal season. Coach Doyle always says. You want to be the best, you got to play the best. And it's something, you know, I've been with the program for 12 years, and that's something he's always said. It does not, the message does not change. You want to play, the, you want to be the best, you got to play the best. And um, we do our best. Uh, he does his best at making sure that that happens, and we just play the teams that we are scheduled up against. And, and it's going to be another tough one, but we're excited. The Sarah Gardena game is definitely going to be circled on the calendar. Not looking ahead, but let's just talk honorable in general. You guys have played in it a couple times, uh, a couple of years now in a row. What can you say just about the event of the Honor Bowl and how it's been, you know, playing in such a, a such an honored bowl game as, as well as hosting it? It's not to be cliche, but it is an honor uh, to represent San Diego because the Honor Bowl means so much more than just football. It's about uh, uh, celebrating and saluting and like the title says honoring those uh, people uh, veterans that gave up uh, you know the ultimate sacrifice for this great country and um, it, it's, it's it's amazing we've been doing it since a couple years ago five six years ago and it's it's 
probably the game that I look forward to the most. Let's get into um, real quick. You got passing league coming up this weekend. Two big passing league tournaments. One was Southwestern College, and then the other one is up at Battle of the Beach. What do you guys get out of passing league? You know, running a wing tee. Uh, you know, people always make the excuse it's not real football, but you know, you guys get stuff out of it. Otherwise, you wouldn't do it. Um, and I've been I asked John Jordan the same question. What what is what is it that you as a staff and you as Cathedral Catholic get out of these passing league tournaments? From a defensive standpoint, Coach Montali preaches competition, competition and getting reps. We have a, a few young guys that, that we're throwing in there, and um, these are valuable reps. Like we said, it's not you know real you know padded football, but it is football-like competitive conditions. So it's a good indicator of who can compete under the bright lights. Um, from an offensive standpoint, uh, you know, the beauty about our offense, it's not just your, your, your right and left formation, your base wing key. It's, we're able to do a lot of things, and uh, it kind of shows what, what can work, what should work, and, and you, you go, okay, this thing works, that thing doesn't work, or, or what have you, and then you have a, an idea of what uh, – what kind of schemes you can throw at the opposition in August and September, early on in the season? Biggest challenge you're going to face this weekend at Battle for the Beach, you and uh, and Mission Hills. Oh yeah, I mean, geez, look at that uh, that uh, menu of teams. You know, you have every Trinity League team: Jason, uh, Olu, who we played and lost to last year, Rancho Santa Margarita, Servite, uh, and of course uh, St. John Bosco. Uh, and uh, modern day, the defending state champions. Uh, that in itself is, is, a, is a murderer's row of teams. So we, we're, we're paired against, I believe, Olu, and we have uh, Narbonne, who we, who we beat a couple years back. So they're going to be hungry for some revenge. It, it's it's, it's going to be invaluable. I mean, it's going to be, you know, it's a big, big boy time. So it's going to be fun. That's that's going to be an exciting tournament to go watch. Uh, one that I encourage any listener to go uh, to go check out if they have time to, to venture up to Huntington Beach. All right, take the cathedral hat off. We're going to put just an an overall analyst hat on. Um, your opinion on oh, two yeah, things. A little little opinion. Uh, your opinion on two things um, that are coming up here in um, in San Diego High School football. First one being the season starting August seventeenth. You know, how do you prepare for that? And and do you think that's a good uh, a good idea by CIF? Um, to be honest with you, it, uh, whenever they tell me to play or tell me to get ready to play, I'm going to be ready. I I think uh, August 17th I still associate with summer, uh, but now it's turning into more and more football. So, um, you know, it's usually the time we scrimmage, and and the fact that we're practice starting practice a little bit earlier. Um, it is it is a little bit of a bummer for the kids. They can't enjoy more of their summer and you know be kids because it's it, that's still something they have to be able to do. But you know it's a job to be done. And, and August seventeenth, we're going to be ready. The other thing coming up is CIF just ruled the open playoff now in San Diego County is going to be a four team playoff. First of all, your thoughts on re- of of going from eight teams to four teams, and then on top of that. How much more difficult is it now for teams, including yourself, to, to make the open playoff knowing that there's only four spots available? Well, it's more difficult. There's less teams. Um, there's a years, I mean, I think back to years, I think we've, when we've made the open, we've always hosted a game. So we would have made it every year except for obviously last year. But um, you got four teams. The margin of error is very small. Uh, now, I do, I, I do kind of see... Uh, what CIS is thinking, when, you know, I don't, I don't think, uh, I think the, the reasoning is, oh, you know, teams X, teams Y, teams Z, they haven't been able to, to beat the number ones, so it's no point having those games. Uh, maybe they could have had a middle ground instead of four, maybe they could have gone to six. Uh, you know, maybe that would have kind of, because I, I, I think maybe a five or a six that doesn't get in could be good enough to potentially get in that conversation and it's just, I think it's you're a big college football fan you know following following your, your TCU guys um, you get into those conversations where the fifth best team or the sixth best team didn't make it and all of a sudden it's you know it's hard hard to defend not having them you know at least giving them a chance would you like to see 
California switched to a playoff format somewhat like Texas where it doesn't matter based on section. They just rank you 1 through 64. Or do you like it the way it is because it kind of gives San Diego more of a chance to compete for a state title? There's a lot of variables. and I think in Texas, I'm not 100% sure, but I don't think the, the private schools, the Catholic schools have any entry into that tournament. Can you correct me on that? I know you're... you're yeah, they, I, so how they do it out there, it's it's basically they split up into divisions, but all the private schools and the Catholic schools um, are are on their own. They're kind of in their own thing. It's called TAPS. It's all the, the, the private schools. Um, it's just different out there in Texas because the private schools aren't as big as you know the private schools out here in Southern California with St. John Bosco and all the teams up in the Trinity League as well as you know Cathedral Catholic and St. Augustine down in San Diego. Right, so right, there, right then and there you're comparing apples and oranges. Uh, and I think the CIS, uh, you know, all the different sections, you have the southern section with 500-plus, the San Diego section with 91 or 90 schools or whatever it is, and then you have schools up in the uh, sections in the Bay Area with, you know, 8 to 10 teams. So it's, it's – I think it would be a logistical nightmare personally. Uh, could it happen? Probably. Should it? Maybe. I don't know. I'm giving you kind of a political answer, I guess, but uh, it just seems like uh, – that's still a bit down the line. Coach, thank you again for your time. Good luck this weekend at the Southwest Tournament. And, uh, of course, battle for the battle at the beach. That's going to be a fun one. I uh, enjoy uh, speaking to you again. Of, of course. Thanks for having me on, Brandon. And make sure you guys do well uh, on, on Saturday as well. Mario Fierro. Assistant varsity coach at uh, Cathedral Catholic. Coaches outside linebackers. Helps out with special teams. Always great talking to Coach Fierro. And there are a lot of good things to say about about the Dons and a lot of a lot of expectations now for for Cathedral Catholic. You know, they're coming off their worst season in about 20 years, going five and seven last year, totally out of the ordinary. Um, but they got DJ Ralph. They got you know Caleb Price battling for quarterback position. Uh, DJ Justice, Zion Sarani, two big time receivers uh, in the county that are battling for basically one spot, and they're gonna have to split time. If you know if they want it, unless they change their wing T offense, which knowing Coach Doyle, I know he's not going to do that. Uh, the backfield's loaded: Sean Poma, um, Ryan Kilpatrick, Matthew Bryant, Elijah Lloyd, Josh Lewis. Those are five guys that could all start at other places around the county. Uh, and then you got a tight end. You got Jake Mitten, who's who's had a pretty good off season. You know, you got uh, this new uh, transfer, Briggs um, Garrison, who's his dad actually went to uh, uni back in the day. That's his tie. They moved back from Nevada. He's he's he was an unbelievable player out in Nevada. Nice little slot receiver. He needs to find a spot on the field to play. Maybe he could play some tight end or you know use him in packages as well. And and then you got the offensive line coming back all from last year. Ross Mazzulli, the big uh, freshman last year, he's going to be a sophomore now. Unbelievable talent and and size for Cathedral Catholic. Uh, then you got you know that's just one side of the ball defensively. You got um, Jordan Allen playing outside linebacker. Ethan Simley. Um, might be the best outside linebacker on their team right now. And, and Jordan Allen's only, he's going to be a junior. He's got three offers. Those are two guys uh, that are going to be big pieces for Cathedral Catholic. Nick Garena, there's uh, free safeties coming back from an injury. He'll be back. Um, Miles McCormick is arguably one of the best defensive linemen in San Diego County. Uh, he's going to be at the, at the nose guard position or maybe move to end. He's going to be really good. Their question marks are kind of in the secondary at, at, at the corner position and then, um, you know, on the defensive line as well. Uh, just kind of thin there. Um, and then, you know, middle linebacker. Uh, they got probably five or six guys that could all play middle linebacker, um, each with their own kind of, you know, weakness that prevents them from, you know, just outright being the starter. But it, another good uh, competition there. Nico Tenero, Jose Castillo, uh, Devin Dye, uh, Emilio Martinez. All those guys can play. All those guys can play middle linebacker. So they got a lot of they got a lot of young. Here's the thing with Cathedral, it's whether or not they can mold that young talent into a team that can make a run at the Open Championship. And I won't talk state championship with any team in San Diego, regardless of how good they are, until you know we see how the season plays out. Because the state championship is a whole nother animal, especially for the San Diego teams. And not knocking San Diego, because I think we could compete with pretty much anybody. But that Orange County, playing them in the semifinals of the Southern California, uh, or the state championship uh, bracket, is tough. 
you know, and especially for the the open division champions, the open division champ of of San Diego is going to have to run through a gauntlet to get to state championship. And when they get to the state championship, they're going to either play a De La Salle or a Folsom, which is going to be extremely hard. But that's that's a long way down the road. Another team that had kind of a disappointing year last year, but that is coming back uh, is Modern Day Catholic down in the South Bay. Head coach John Joyner of Modern Day will join me next right here on the Boys of Fall podcast, otherwise known as San Diego High School football podcast with Braden Suprinant. Welcome back to the San Diego High School football podcast with Braden Zaprena. I'm joined by head coach of the Modern Day Catholic Crusaders, John Joyner, good friend of mine. John, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me on. It's already it's I can't believe it's already uh, football season is right around the corner. I know you're excited for it. Um how is the team looking so far during uh, you guys' off-season workouts? Yeah, things have been going good. You know, guys are working hard. We uh we actually take our dead period right in the beginning of June. So we're kind of just getting getting started here, um, you know, in the beginning of July. But uh, we're into our third week of our, you know, summer, you know, speed and strength program. Uh, we've been doing the passing league tournaments. We were in a, a really good tournament this weekend at La Jolla High. So right now things are going good. Just just trying to get bigger and faster and stronger. Coming off of last season, uh, probably not as uh, what you expected, going 4-6 and six, didn't make the playoffs. Um, you know, after a season before when you went to a state championship game and lost to Pericles in the final. But what was that adjustment like of, of going from a really good team and ha- to uh, to having a down year? Yeah, you know, I think record-wise we were we were going the way we thought we would, things were going to go. We got a little beat up. You know, those are never excuses. But going into the league, we were, we were limping, and, and we didn't finish the year like we had started it. Um, it's a little disappointing, but there were some high points in the season. We're very proud of the things that our senior class accomplished. Um, we knew it was going to be a different year just because we had lost like 18 starters and all those things, and we had a very small senior class. But really proud of the way the team kind of came together. And you know, it's it's not every year that you can you know if, if you if you have one year you have 18 starters, the next year you're not. So it's it's one of those things that every high school kind of deals with, and it's just time for us to reload and get back to doing things the way uh, we did them to to become successful. Everybody has down years. I mean, even the the top powerhouse programs in San Diego have down years. But uh, talking to you um, a couple months ago at a, at a coach's clinic, it sounded like you got some you know you got some young guys coming up through the ranks that are that are uh, something to be excited about. Uh, who are some of these kids that you know are going to be an impact for modern day football next year? Yeah, I think um, you know we're really excited. You know, we returned three starters on our offensive line, and they're they're three seniors and. They're guys that are that are you know kind of leaders for us. Alan Gardner, Spencer Casagentic, and Jameson Cools. They're guys that are kind of setting the tone. Um, we have again a, a kind of a small class, but we have a, a cornerback, uh, Jaden Flores, who just got a, his first scholarship offer um, from. Um, oh man, I can't remember the name of the school. Uh, he just got an offer from an NAI school. He just got his first offer, um, and and those guys are kind of our leaders. Uh, we are a very young team going into next year. We have a junior tailback, Aiden Calvert, who had kind of a breakout sophomore year. Um, we have two sophomore quarterbacks that are battling to start for, for us this year. So we're going to be pretty young. Uh, we'll be we'll be young on offense and defense, but we are pretty talented. It's just a matter of how quickly can they kind of mature. Let's 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 go into your schedule a little bit next year. It sounds like you got uh, you start off with playing at Ramona and then at, at El Cap. You know, to uh, Ramona last year had a pretty good year. Um, what do you expect to, from the Bulldogs in Week One and having to travel up the mountain? They're going to be really well coached. Uh, they always are. Coach Baldwin does a great job. They'll be physical. Um, I know that last year they—I mean—they were great. They were a really, really good football team. Um, they didn't have really a lot of weaknesses when we played them a year ago. I'm, I'm kind of figuring it'll be a very similar team. I know they had a lot of seniors a year ago, but they're—they're they're a great program that kind of uh, reloads. Um, we played El Cap, uh, I think, seven straight years or eight straight years. It's it's been a great uh, little rivalry for us. Um, Coach Ron Berner at El Cap is probably my favorite guy in San Diego. He's, he's probably one of my favorite coaches out there. He's just a good man. Uh, so we have a lot of fun playing those guys as well. You got a pretty tough uh, league as well with the Metro Mesa League. Uh, kind of forgotten about when, you know, 
the press and, and, and people around San Diego are always talking about the Avocado League. They're always talking about um, the the Western League and maybe even the Grossmont League. But down south, you guys know how to play football, too, with Eastlake and Olympian, Otay Ranch, um, even Benita Vista, who, who was who was not as good last year but have, has been good in the past. Uh, what do you what, what can you say about the league you guys play in and how, how – you know, how good South Bay football is starting to become. Yeah, it's really balanced. Um, it's It's been, you know, a different league champion, um, I think, four straight years. It's, it's you know, somebody kind of emerges every year. Um, I know Benita had a down year, but, you know, two years ago or three years ago, they were at the state championship. Um, Eastlake, I think right now, Eastlake and, and Otai are kind of the, the big dogs, but Olympian has been good consistently for – I don't know, seven straight years, they've been uh, a, a power too. So it's a lot of fun. It's really, there's a lot of really good coaches, a lot of uh, very underrated talent, uh, but teams that just kind of line up and, and they'll go fight you for a while. Let's talk about your division a little bit. You're in Division Two, um, pretty high up there for for modern day, considering you know the school size and all that with, uh, with the way you play. Um, what do you think some of your challenges are going to be facing uh, Division Two teams this year? Yeah, we, we play a lot of them um, in non-league and league uh, games. but So we'll get a kind of a feel for, you know, who's the power. It's hard early in the season. You know who's supposed to be good. But right now, you know, for us, we're just trying to figure out ourselves. And then usually around week three, four, or five, you start to see, okay, there, there's some, you know, people start to separate themselves in terms of division. Um, you know, for us, though, we're worried more about, you know, getting ourselves ready for Ramona, getting ourselves ready for El Cap and, and kind of just preparing ourselves. And then once you get into league play, you start to see how things shape up. But for me last year, I thought division two was probably the deepest division. I think you saw that with, I think steel Canyon was like the sixth seed and they, they won a state championship. Um, I think D two is going to be like that again. I think it's going to be really, really deep. Let's, let's get into, um, you're talking about getting your team prepared and, and Ramona's coming up a lot faster than you think because the football season, granted, is starting a, a lot earlier than it usually is. August 17th, first game of the year for, for pretty much everybody in the county. How do you guys as a staff go about the off-season workouts and, and the practices leading up to, to Ramona when knowing it's it's way earlier this year than it has in years past? Yeah, there is a sense of urgency, I think, for us uh, especially. I mean, I think one thing really good for us is we don't have a lot of turnover staff-wise. But we do have a lot of uh, younger players that we're trying to, to, to kind of speed up, especially at the quarterback position. We have, like I said, two really talented sophomores that are battling for, for the starting position. Um, so for us, it started in spring. You know, it started us with just having meetings, getting on the board, figuring out a lot of different ways to teach, um, whether it's, you know, a physical playbook, whether it's video, whether it's getting on the whiteboard, whether it's getting out and doing walkthroughs. It's just you, you try to find – you try to use every moment you have with them and try to figure out ways and different ways to teach, but you just got to have to speed up the process because it is a lot sooner this year going August 17th, knowing, you know, you're playing for real. Um, so once camp starts June 20, or July 25th, you know, it's go time and, and we'll be, we'll be, uh, there's no time wasted, at, you know. The last thing I want to talk to you about, it doesn't really uh, affect you currently this year, um, but CIF decided to go with a four-team open playoff. Just, you know, as a football fan of and a San Diego High School football fan, what are your thoughts on a four-team open playoff instead of a, the regular eight-team playoff? Well, I think they did it. I mean, in my opinion, I think they did it because, you know, when, when there was eight teams in the open, um, that eight, nine, those, those teams, you know, it, it's a, there's a big difference between being the number eight seed in the open and then being number nine and being the first team in Division One. And, you know, you don't want to get into a situation where somebody – might lose a game or do something to try to kind of get in division one. Um, I like the idea that the top four teams in open are, you know, already in the semifinals and doing that. And um, I just, I, I really liked what, what uh, Jerry Schneep and CIF did a couple years back, the way they, they redid the playoff system and the ranking system. I just like to see us kind of stick with the system for a while um, instead of making changes all the time. Cause if you're making changes all the time, we're not really getting a, a, a really good gauge on whether things are working or not. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It, it, it kind of messes with the flow. You can't get into a rhythm uh, and that sort of thing. Um, one of your good friends and uh, fellow coach over at Modern Day, Jared Isidoro, just got the athletic director job at uh, Modern Day. What do you say about him, and how excited are you for, for him to, to be an athletic director at your school? Yeah, super excited for him. He's going to do a great job. Um, he's also our defensive coordinator, and he's also my little cousin, so – uh, he, he is like, I guess, technically my boss, but I'm still kind of his boss. 
and I'm like his older. So, you know, and I, you know, he, he's a little better looking than me, but I'm, I'm smarter than him. So we kind of, just a good little balance for us to, to do. You know? Well, I, but, uh, I, I think you got two yeah, legs but, up. You're the head coach and you're the, the bigger cousin. I think that beats yeah, the one right. athletic director. <laughs> no, it's, it's good though. I'm really excited for him. He's going to do an amazing job. He, he's already started to do some things and, and uh, get to work. So it's a lot of fun. And, um, I, you know, I have a lot of, a lot of faith that he's going to do an amazing job and, um, just like he does as a teacher, just like he does as a coach, and just like he does pretty much in everything else he does. I know he's going to do great. Real quick, uh, before I let you go, you got the Southwest Tournament this weekend. You're in the pool with Morse Eastlake, one of Eastlake's teams, and Cathedral Catholic. Let's just talk about, you know, your philosophy. That's, that's a heck of a draw, huh? Yeah, that's, that's a heck a, of a draw. Morse has athletes, Eastlake, regardless. Yeah. yeah, and then you got and I then owe. you got a, the, the wing tee you got to deal with with Cathedral Catholic. Yeah, I owe uh, Ed Carberry a beer for that draw. Uh, he really didn't do us any favors. But, um, yeah, it should be fun. I think uh, I, I like – I know Morris is going to have a really good team. I know uh, Coach McNair, Chasey over there, he does a really good job. Um, Eastlake's going to be fun just because our kids and their kids uh, love playing against each other. And uh, anytime I get to go against uh, Coach Doyle and Coach Montali and those guys, it's always a blast. So we'll have some fun on Friday. We'll, we'll go, you know, slinging around a little bit, um, get to have some laughs. But we'll see how we go, you know, we – that's just kind of the way it is now in, in San Diego. We we want to kind of play against teams like that, not just in passing league, but in real games. So can't shy away from that kind of stuff. And, and I know it's it's and this is kind of a not really controversial topic, but you know we're talking about seven on seven. It's not real football, but everybody every coach has a different view, a different view of seven on seven. What they like to get out of it. What is the one thing you're looking for out of your kids uh, when it comes to seven on seven? Just competing. I mean, I'm. <clears throat> You know, we, we've made a, a, a commitment as a coaching staff a, a long time ago that we'll never run a play either offensively. We'll never run a coverage on defense that we wouldn't do on a Friday night. So we don't take seven on seven that serious in terms of like, you know, listen, if we're going to go line up against you, we want to win. And on, on Friday at the Southwestern tournament, we're trying to win. I, I don't want it to come off like that. But we're more looking to get our timing right. We're, we're more looking to kind of get things out of it. And the thing I want to see most about our kids is, are they competing in the game? If the ball's in the air, is our guy coming down with it or is their guy coming down with it? Are we running to the football? Are we playing as fast as we can? And then really, especially with young guys, you want to see that when the bullets start flying, can they still think? Can they still do what they're told or do? Or, or when guys are starting to run around, do they kind of freeze up? So for us, we, we, we kind of look for our guys. We tell them, when it comes seven on seven, go compete. Go, go, go fight a little bit and let's see how you do. That's exactly my I, – I couldn't agree more. Uh, Coach John Joyner, thanks again for joining us uh, today. And uh, I'll see you out there Friday uh, when you guys go out there to sling it and uh, take on the, the Mighty Dons out there at Southwestern College. All right. I hope I see your old man out there. Yeah, for sure. All right. Thanks, thanks again. Head coach of modern-day Catholic, John Joyner. Sounds like he's excited for the Southwestern Tournament this weekend, which is going to lead me into kind of a preview of the Southwestern Tournament. Um, you got a, I wrote an article earlier today for 97.3 The Fan um, highlighting who I expect to win, highlighting you know different pools, different uh, players to watch and all that sort of thing. So I'm going to give you like kind of a rundown of exactly what I said as we you know before we run out of time here. Um, a little bit of a change, though, since I wrote the article, a little bit of a change in pool. Um, instead of playing in the morning in pool two, Lincoln will play in the afternoon in pool three, and they essentially switch with Hilltop. So Hilltop now moves the pool two in the morning. doesn't really affect Lincoln as so much it affects Hilltop. Um, I had Lincoln winning pool two, and now instead I have Hilltop in that league. In fact, I'll probably have them winning pool two anyway. We'll get to there in a second. Um, as far as the championship goes, and it's take this with a grain of salt. It's passing league. It's not real football. There's teams that are better at it than others. Um, it's still co competition, though, and teams out here want to win. Um, but there's just a couple teams that are just better at it than others. Two teams in particular that are better at passing league than others. One is Lincoln, and the other one's Grossmont. Now Lincoln is the proud, is the perennial favorite to win any passing league tournament because of their history the last couple of years. They've won pretty much every passing league tournament and every passing league game that they've played in over the last two summers. They've won the San Diego State tournament twice, back to back years. They won the Tony Jefferson one twice, back to back years, in which they pocketed ten grand in each of them, which is an unbelievable job by Lincoln. 
you know, win those two tournaments. They went up to USC and finished in the final of that tournament. And that that tournament had no didn't have a lot of slouches. They beat Narbonne. Narbonne is a, a is a big time program up in the Long Beach area, you know, Bay Area up uh, of Southern California. Um, I think they're called in the Harbor Air, the Harbor area, whatever. It, it, it's a top team in Southern California that. You know, competes for a state title every year, and Lincoln beat them. And, that, and it's not a team that's like we're running a wing T or we're running something different. That team runs spread. They're running their stuff, and and Lincoln went up there and flat out beat them, which is unbelievable for them. And a great job representing San Diego um, for Lincoln. I mean, David Dunn's done a great job um, as the head football coach of Lincoln Hornets. He took over the team in 2012, won a CIF championship that year, has his team ready to go every year. And Lincoln, Lincoln has two. Big time recruits and Don Chapman and Jamad Moore, uh, two guys that are probably two of the biggest targets out of San Diego County right now. Look for those guys that have big days. Uh, the other team I was I was telling you about that I'm, pro- I'm predicting to be in the final of the Southwestern tournament this weekend is the Grossmont Foothillers, uh, led by head coach Tommy Carlo. Uh, under Tom Carlo, they've they've done pretty well. I mean they've they've. Uh, had really good records. Their offense is usually scoring at least fifty points a game. I mean, this is what he, this is what Grossmont lives for, is these seven on seven tournaments because they do so well in them. Uh, the problem with Grossmont is their defense. It's whether or not they'll be able to, you know, stop people in the regular season. But they're definitely going to be able to score points, and that's a given. And a hundred percent, they're going to go three and zero tomorrow. And uh, their pool is no slouch. Otay Ranch, Olympian, Christian. They got to deal with the the problem of you know covering a wing T offense and Olympian. Otay Ranch has been you know really good of late. And Christian is that that team kind of under the radar team that uh, lower division yet uh, can compete with you know D- division one squads. So that's going to be an interesting pool. Probably the second hardest pool of the day tomorrow or uh, this weekend is pool one in the morning session, which all the games in the morning session will be played at 9 a.m., 10 a.m., and 11 a.m. So give me Grossmont and and uh, and Olympia to come out of that pool. Um, as far as if we're going top two teams per pool number two, Chula Vista, East Lake B, uh, Hilltop, and Mountain Empire. Uh, Coach Wesley has done an unbelievable job at Hilltop. He's gone seven and five the last two years. He was one game away from going to a CIF championship last year with the Hilltop Lancers. Uh, I see them coming out of this pool, and the other team is probably going to be East Lake's B team coming out of it. Uh, it's just going to be hard to tell the way East Lake is splitting up the teams. They have East Lake one and East Lake two. You don't know if they're bringing a JV team or are they are they splitting it up and, and having their varsity guys just get more reps. Who knows what you're going to see out of that. That being said, they're they're still good enough and coached well enough under under John McFadden that they'll probably be in contention in pool two. Uh, a team I want to kind of point out though is Mountain Empire, Dallas Price and Cameron Will, two guys on their defense um, that had great years last year. Uh, Cameron Will played outside linebacker and had uh, had 150 tackles last year, which included 11 tackles for loss. That was third in San Diego, in the San Diego section, uh, and then uh, Dallas Price. Uh, was third in interceptions in the San Diego section last year was sixth, which put him in the same company as Rashad Scott from Helix, Point Lomas, Malik Moore, and Grossmont's Andrew Lira. All three of those guys uh, were all-stars in uh, in at least the Makasi Bowl, if not multiple all-star games. So be on the lookout for Mountain Empire. Let's go to Pool 3, Benita Vista, El Cap, Torrey Pines, Valhalla. So it's pretty much straightforward. I think Torrey Pines should handle this one pretty effortlessly. Um, with they, they got their quarterback, Jason Henney, coming back, and, and they got a lot of weapons coming back. Most of them are offensive linemen. Uh, so during the regular season, they're gonna kick. They're gonna kick some serious tail with that wing T offense. But uh, so far in, in the off season, they've been in the finals of multiple uh, tournaments and, and have gone deep in multiple tournaments for a wing T team. Uh, Coach Gladnick's got them coached up right up there at Torrey Pines. They're probably gonna win their pool. Look for El Cap to finish in second. Afternoon session games will be played at one, two, and three o'clock at South- Southwestern College. Pool one is probably the hard, the most difficult pool. Of the day, Cathedral Catholic, East Lake, Modern Day, and Morse. Again, it's the other part of the East Lake team. It's listed as East Lake One, so you don't know. They're probably going to have their stars in that one. Modern Day, who who uh, Coach Joyner joined us earlier, his squad's always going to be ready to go. Morse has a really good team uh, coming back. They got another top recruit in Shamar Martin. Uh, a defensive back for Morris. He just committed to UCLA not too long ago. He had 17 D1 offers before that. That's a player to watch tomorrow. Um, as far as the pool goes, I, I, I'm going to have to pick Cathedral Catholic in this. An unbiased opinion. Um, usually I never pick Cathedral Catholic in any type of pool play or any type of 7-on-7 uh, seven seven tournament just because 
they never do well in them, but the, the, all the weapons they have that I've listed that we talked to Coach Fierro about, um, they should be good to go. That being said, they do have the Battle of the Beach tournament on Saturday, so that's another team just like Eastlake. You don't know what team is going to show up. I don't know how many guys they're going to send to the Southwestern tournament, how many they're sending up to the Edison tournament in Huntington Beach. You know, They're going to play their JV team. They're going to have backups play. Who knows? That pick's kind of in the air. Pool 2, Kearney, Palo Verde, uh, San Ysidro, and Sweetwater. Team to look for is definitely Kearney. They got a top quarterback uh, coming back in uh, Kenyon Williams. He's a top 50 senior honorable mention to start the year for San Diego Prep Insider. And I voted for him for this, and he's a, he's a good player, and he's going to be the reason why the Comets uh, do fairly well this year. You know, coming off a 9-3 and season, which is their best since 1992, uh, you know, Kearney hasn't been as good as as they were back in the in the in the 90s, but they look like they be they're going to turn it around. And Kenyon Williams is going to be a big uh, a player in that. Look for Kearney to win. Look for San Ysidro to come in second. Uh, last pool of the day: El Cajon Valley, Lincoln, Hoover, Mar Vista. Uh, originally, uh, it was Hilltop in this pool, but now it's Lincoln. Uh, Lincoln's the favorite to win the whole tournament. Look for them to, to completely sweep Pool 3. Should be a cakewalk for them against El Cajon Valley, Hoover, and Mar Vista. You never know. It's passing league. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But, you know, give me give me Lincoln and give me um, give me Mar Vista for those two teams uh, to come out of that pool. That being said, expect the top 12 again tomorrow to be Cathedral Catholic in alphabetical order. Cathedral Catholic. Both Eastlake teams, El Cap, Grossmont, Hilltop, Kearney, Lincoln, Mar Vista, Otay Ranch, Torrey Pine, San Ysidro. Championship, I'm predicting Grossmont and Lincoln, depending, of course, on what side they get put on the bracket. And then expect uh, Lincoln to win the whole thing tomorrow at the Southwestern Tournament. Another big tournament this weekend, like I've said a couple times today, the Battle at the Beach. That one's going to be a beast for these two San Diego teams going up there, Cathedral Catholic and Mission Hills. Look for them to compete, but don't expect them to win that tournament. If they get deep in the playoff, either one of those teams, you better watch out because they're going to be a force to be reckoned with during the regular season. That about does it for me on the podcast here, uh, San Diego High School Football Podcast. Got to start calling it the Boys of Fall as we get ready for uh, the season. And it starts early this year, August 17th. Uh, we'll be bringing on guests. We'll be bringing on, you know, High school players, coaches, analysts, trying to do it once a week. As soon as the season starts, we'll probably do twice a week. Check it right here on SoundCloud until I figure out iTunes. I'll put it on iTunes. And uh, I'll look forward to the season. I'll be uh, sending out Twitter questions. So hit me up with your questions, anything, any feedback. You can follow me on Twitter at B underscore SERP. At B underscore S-U-R-P for all your high school news and notes throughout San Diego County. I'm Braden Sprint. This is the San Diego Home Gro- uh, the San Diego Football Podcast, otherwise known as the Boys of Falls Boys of Fall Podcast. Oh, that's a mouthful. Maybe I have to change the name. Anyway, I'll see you guys next week.